The Accounting Influencers Podcast. Cutting through the crap to bring you the very best interviews, insights and wisdom. From the planet's most influential people in the accounting and fintech world. The Accounting Influencers Podcast. And a big shout out to one of our special podcast partners, Dex.com. They wear receipt bank. They've been through a great rebound. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, Martin, isn't there, at Dex? You know what, Rob? I always speak to accounting firms about having a strong, uh, clearly articulated value proposition really early on in their messaging. You know, as soon as you see that firm, it tells you something. When I go to Dex.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, it says right in front of me, we make accountants and bookkeepers and the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Those three alliterative P's there, productive, profitable, and powerful. What a great, clear value proposition. So, as accounting practitioners listening to this, if you're looking to make your firm more productive, profitable, and powerful, not just for you, but for the businesses you advise, go to dext.com, that's D-E-X-T dot com, and start a free trial or book a demo. Love that. Dex gives you more time and better data to advise on your clients' businesses. So your accountants get over to Dex.com. Thank you. Now it's time for Here's What Works. And Martin, you and I share ideas that have worked throughout our consulting and training careers, looking after accountants for many, many years. There's a lot of bull out there. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hot air. There's a lot of claims and promises made to help accountants do what they do. But in Here's What Works, we focus literally on what works. What are we looking at today? Proposal documents today, Rob. And when we say what works, guys, not what worked once for one firm in one place (laughs) ever, which is often the basis of people's claims, but what has worked year in, year out, year in, year out, regardless of size of firm, regardless of size of prospect, regardless of size of clients or anything like that. And we find that proposal documents or quotes, as you would call them, dear listener, are often exceptionally poor and do not make the case for why a business owner should break the loyalty barrier with their existing firm and move across to you guys. So I remember the worst ever proposal that I saw, and it was actually one that was sent to me. When I started my business many, many years ago, I had a local firm come to see me and it was the managing partner who came to see me, which I was quite shocked at given that I was a startup. He spent maybe 20 minutes with me and then Within maybe two hours of him leaving, he then sent me an email, which was addressed uh, in the opening line. It said, Dear Martian, (laughs) thank you very much for the meeting. It had a little bullet point section that said, here are the things we're going to do for you. And then it had another sentence that said, and we want eight grand for it. Some people might listen up going, yeah, what's the problem with that? (laughs) So first of all, the 20 minutes that he spent with me was all about him and his firm. Didn't once ask me a question about the business. Secondly, he had decided what I needed. So those bullet points was his recommendation, but not based on any diagnosis or analysis. He wanted eight grand. I'm not quite sure what world he was living in at the time when he priced that or whether he had been experimenting with marijuana prior to coming to see me. But nevertheless, eight grand it was. And of course, it may well have been the marijuana because I was a Martian to him. Now, obviously, that's a comical bad example, but it is a real example And I can tell you that I am a part of um, teams that have put together literal hundreds, possible thousands of proposal documents over the years. So I know what works. I want to outline for everybody the five uh, sections, component parts, ingredients of a proposal 
that acts as a, what they used to call in sales, as a silent salesperson. Just to tee this up, Martin, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to what five you've got to share. In the whole sales process, are proposals still relevant today? Is that the way it works? I think at any, any serious level, yes, it is. I think there still needs to be something in paper that justifies, or digitally, that justifies the investment that you're asking the client to make. There needs to be a creation of empathy that allows the client to understand why they're making this change. Because this change isn't easy for them, even if they're unhappy with their current accountants. In more cases than not, they've been with them a long time, and they are dreading letting that accountant know that they're leaving. So there's an awful lot of comfort and encouragement required to make that change. So the scenario is an accountant has gone to see a prospect, probably with, with another firm right now. It could be a referral, it could be an inbound inquiry, a lead, whatever. And they've had that first meeting, whether that's online or face-to-face. And the client, potential client has said, yes, we're interested. Give us a proposal. We're at that point now, and you're going to give us five things that work for what the accountant does with that proposal. Yeah, normally too many firms write a page and a half of incoherent rambling. What I want you to do is to have five structured sections, guys. It goes like this. Number one, believe it or not, is the introduction. And in the introduction, the point of this is not to say we were established in 1838 and all of our original partners are still with us, not to tell a story of your firm, but to tell the story of what your firm has gone through as it relates to that client that you're talking to. So is that client going through growing pains? Talk about the time when your firm went through growing pains. Is that firm on the crest of huge expansion? Talk about the time when your firm grew at its highest rate. So not to intro the firm with the basic website copy that you've copy and paste, but to say, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And just like you, we all know what it, what it feels like to be in this situation because... So rather than telling the story of where your firm came from and how you were established and you've got a specialist tax department and parking on site and the stuff that no one cares about, instead, talk about the relatability between what that business is going through right now and what you've been through previously so that you can demonstrate to them that you're the experts. You've been there, you've tackled it, you know how to overcome it, and you'll overcome it for them as well. And that's section number one, one page long maximum. Section number two, one page long maximum, is the overview. So you've had your meeting with the client now, and if you didn't make a complete mess of it, you will know what their motivations are. You will know what's wrong with the current accountants. You will know what they're trying to achieve. You will know what their roadblocks are, and you will know why you've been asked to put a proposal in there. So tell them, regurgitate the meeting. Remind them that you understand what they're going through. Remind them that you are as excited about their future as they are. Remind them that you have been listening very carefully to everything they've told you. Have the overview section be a reflection of that first meeting, a summation, not an explanation. That's section two. Section three, therefore, is the proposal itself. So now, having told them why we relate to them, having told them that we understood everything they wanted from us, we're now going to give them what it is they asked for. And we are going to put together the proposal. Now you've got two options here. You could either do it in the magic of three, gold, silver, bronze, beginner, intermediate, advanced, you know, different levels and, and say, there's three ways in which we can work with you. Take, take your pick, what's your favorite? Or if you are absolutely convinced that there is one best way of helping the client that beats all other ways, then you propose one solution. And you say, hand on heart, this is the best way of working together. And so you will outline the proposal. And you will spend very little time talking about the fact that you're going to do the director's personal tax returns 
And you'll spend a lot of time telling them what the director's personal tax returns being taken off their hands is going to do for them. So that's the outcome and not the function, if you will. So the proposal is you proposing to them, this is how we propose to be superior to your existing accountant. And that's future focused, isn't it, Martin? It's here's what's going to get done. It's here's the impact, the results of what we will do for you. Here's how it will affect you. That counts. Now, that can be as many pages as you want it to be, but let's keep it succinct. But that is the heart of the entire document, the proposal section itself. Your fourth section there, what's known as the management and investment summary, sometimes called the executive summary. That's where anybody could pick up this document and get the gist of what you've written in all those other sections in one page. So you summarize the entire document. Based on your instructions, we have been asked to propose for the following reasons, step one, step two, step three, and you would bullet point your way down that page, pointing out clearly what the advantages are to the business owner by making this change, including return of investment, if you can quantify that, including time savings, if you can quantify those, the the absolute best you can do to make it a no-brainer for them to say yes to. So that's the management investment summary, and that's one page, and that's section four. In section five is the authorization and appendix. So if you're handling things properly, you will not send that proposal to them and let them skip straight to the price and have a coronary and then never call you again. You will deliver and present that proposal to them in front of them where you're controlling the process. By doing this, you're able to handle objections and resolve concerns as they are raised as you go through each section of the proposal. So then at the end of it, there's nothing left to do except then make a decision one way or the other, because that's what they're expecting to do. They're expecting to say yes or no at the end anyway. So when they say yes, what we want to do is to capitalize on that momentum, not let things go cold, and have them sign authorization there and then, where that's a direct debit instruction. And you might say, well, it's an electronic part of our onboarding process, Martin, and we send everything to them. Well, good luck when you don't get a return email. Get them there and then. Stop messing about. So if you want to then add to that section and put in appendices of case studies that you have, stories that you have, relevant experience of your senior team to the specific engagements you're carrying out for them, so be it. That is extra material. It's not critical. It's nice to have. But that forms section five, the authorization and appendix. And then what you've got is a chunky document that is nevertheless in short parts, easy to digest, that won't bore the client, that makes a strong commercial case for why they should say yes to you rather than saying no. That wraps it all up nicely, Martin. What do firms get wrong quickly with proposals? I can think of two things right out of the gate. First is they don't personalize it. It's very boilerplate in its approach. Or the second is they go the other way and they wrap it up with great logos and they ring bind it and everything else. It looks absolutely fantastic, but doesn't have all the right information. Any other things firms get wrong? Both are excellent examples that you've given there, Rob, and are very common examples. Uh, The one I would add to that is exceptionally poor diagnosis in the first meeting. People struggle to write proposal documents in the format that I've just prescribed because they didn't get that information in the first meeting because they weren't listening and weren't particularly interested in the first place. Very poor at collating information, very poor at putting themselves in the client's shoes and go, how do I feel in this situation if this was me? Or how did I feel when it was me? And the more investigation that you do in that first meeting, the more you shut up and just ask questions and listen to the answers, the more the prospect will tell you what it is that's going to sway them in your favor. 
the more they'll tell you what it is they want to buy. The easier your job becomes, the less you talk. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's proven to be true. Brilliant, Martin. That is what works with proposals. For some of you, we apologize. This is very basic to you, but we we understand that not everybody gets this right. And there are huge opportunities here for you to bring in new business. If you just take a little bit of care with the way you lay out the promises you're making in what is a very delicate negotiation situation, isn't it, Martin? There's a lot at stake. There's a lot of emotions in switching providers and accountants and advisors. So uh, with a lot at stake, it warrants a little bit of attention. That's right. And you find that little bit of attention pays you back with an average lifetime um, of a client of being seven to 10 years in accounting. That pays you back seven to 10 times over. And that is what works with writing the proposal. And thank you to our special sponsors, iris.co.uk. Martin, you saw a great video just recently from Iris, didn't you? Yeah, what I think people don't understand about Iris is they were ahead of the game for MTD phase one because they were the first software vendor to be listed as approved by the HMRC for MTD filing. And guess what? They're fully prepared for the next. So they've got an MTD webinar on demand that you can catch up with at any time. Rob, where do they go to to see this? It's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. That stands for making tax digital for our international listeners. And there's some great stuff there that you need to know to guide you through the whole Making Tax Digital initiative. So iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Right, Martin? That's right. So wherever you are in your journey, Iris know that they have the knowledge and tools to help you in the next steps. That's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar.